Some things in life just aren't right. The Baltimore Orioles not winning the World Series since I've been born. That's not right. Not putting Old Bay on your crabs. That's just not right. Denver, Colorado going from 91 degrees to freezing temperatures within 24 hours last week. That's not right. Putting a nearly empty milk carton back into the fridge. Not right. Being unforgiving when God has been forgiving to us. Some would say that's not right. Today's scripture deals with the hard F word that many people don't like to talk about, forgiveness. Jesus has just done some teaching on how to handle conflict. You may remember, go and correct someone who sins against you in person and alone. And if that doesn't work, take one or two others with you so that you have some witnesses. And if that doesn't work, report it to the church, etc., etc. After Jesus says, for where two or three gather in my name, I am there with them. Peter then says to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? That's a great, great question, right? How many times should we forgive people who wrong us? Once, twice, three times? Peter says, I should forgive as many as seven times. Should I forgive as many as seven times? Forgiveness is hard to do sometimes, so what's the correct answer here? Jesus replies, not just seven times, but rather as many as 70 times seven. Now what does that even mean? Do these numbers have have significance, or did Peter just throw out seven, and did Jesus just throw out 70 times seven? Peter's suggestion that he must forgive up to seven times is not an attempt to place a limit on forgiveness, according to Lewis Donaldson. Rather, since seven is a holy number, Peter is probably saying something more along the lines of, must I practice perfect forgiveness? To which Jesus then replies, not just seven times, but 70 times seven. The idea Jesus is sharing here is that your forgiveness must be beyond perfect. It must be part of who you are as a follower of Jesus Christ. And then Jesus goes into one of his parables while saying the kingdom of God is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Basically, the parable deals with the servant being unforgiving. A king began to settle accounts with servants when one servant came along that owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Because he didn't have enough to pay the 10,000, he was about to be sold off along with his wife, children, and everything that he had. And the servant pleaded with the king. In fact, Jesus in this parable says that the servant fell down, kneeled before him, and pleaded for patience so he could pay it back. Wouldn't you know that the master had compassion on the servant and completely forgave the loan? Now, once you experience a forgiveness that's on that grand of a scale, you'd think it would affect the way that you treat others. I mean, this servant was about to be sold off along with his family, but on a whim, it's all forgiven. Talk about the gratitude that must have surfaced within the servant in that moment. But the parable continues. When the servant then went out 
he found one of his fellow servants that owed him 100 coins. And you would think that just being forgiven from owing 10,000 bags of gold, he'd show some grace from someone who owed him just 100 coins. But, the, but as the parable goes, the forgiven servant grabbed his fellow servant by the throat and, and said and demanded to be paid back what he was owed. The fellow servant pleaded for patience so he could pay it back, but the forgiving servant, the forgiven servant, refused and threw him into prison until he could pay back his debt. This story that I'm sharing this morning can make us feel all sorts of emotions, can it? I mean, here you have someone who gratefully accepted forgiveness but then refused to give it out. How hypocritical was it of this forgiven servant to go off and treat someone with the opposite of how he was just treated? You would think that he would be so grateful that he was forgiven that he would pay it forward to someone who owed him way less of an amount. Eventually, the forgiven servant in this parable was handed over to the guard responsible for punishing prisoners for his hypocrisy, and there he remained until he could pay off his debt. A lesson learned. Jesus then says, My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now we can look at the scripture this morning in a variety of ways, but based off this parable of the unforgiving servant, Let's focus on two points that we can gather from this text this morning. Number one is this. Practice forgiveness in the church community. Practice forgiveness in the church community. The local church, the body of Christ, is to be known for its love, its worship, its involvement in the world. We are the hands and feet of Christ. Sometimes the church doesn't do a great job of reflecting the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We must practice forgiveness amongst ourselves. The issue in the scripture this morning isn't so much how many times an isolated individual should forgive someone, but it's more about the community of faith. Remember, Peter is asking this question of forgiveness in response to Jesus' previous teaching about the process in which you should follow when dealing with sinners, that the church should follow when dealing with sinners. Peter might be saying something along, more along the lines of this. Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how should I forgive? How often should I forgive? The church should be a body of believers that doesn't just practice forgiveness as an isolated one-time event, but forgiveness should be an ongoing practice among the church family. When we practice forgiveness among one another, It helps our witness in the world. The forgiveness outlined in this passage this morning falls into the context of verses 15 through 20 as well. It's a process that includes naming the sin, the repentance of the sinner, and the communal support of the victim. Forgiveness is hard stuff, and many of us have been wounded deeply. Forgiveness is a process that can take weeks, months, or even years. I'm not saying forgiveness is an easy process, but I am saying that forgiveness should be an act that is commonly practiced among the local church family. And I know, church people can hurt us, but I think we all have a call to still practice radical forgiveness amongst one another. 
I don't know what it is about my three-year-old daughter, but she does not like to apologize. She's kind of like a modern-day parable. She likes to be forgiven, when she, but she doesn't like to offer an apology in order to help forgiveness happen with another person. She's as sweet as can be, but sometimes she gets into these moods where she'll act out, she'll push her little brother, she'll tell us that saying no to her is not okay, or doing something that uh, after that, or doing something after she has been repeatedly asked to stop doing it. We'll say something along the lines of, Elizabeth, please say you're sorry. Then she begins to get bashful and hide in the corner while refusing to say sorry and make amends with someone else. Sometimes she'll eventually do it, but it has to be on her own time and her own terms. We can be like that sometimes, can't we? Even as adults. We refuse to take the steps that can help forgiveness happen. The church could be a lot better at learning to say sorry to one another. The church all around the world could be better at practicing forgiving one another and apologizing to one another. I wonder how many denominations and independent churches there would be today if the church was better at practicing forgiveness and reconciliation instead of disagreeing and fighting and splitting over things that probably won't even matter in the grand scheme of things. How can you be a part of practicing forgiveness in the church family? Is there someone in our church family that you're in tension with? Is there places where you need to make amends and practice radical forgiveness? What's stopping you from doing so? Is it pride? Is it fear that they may think that what they did wasn't a big deal after all? Jesus, I think, wants his church to be a church that has forgiveness as part of its DNA. Let's pray for boldness and strength to be that type of church. And secondly, practice giving out what God has given to you. Practice being someone who gives out what God has already given to you. In college, I remember one night going to a place called Grandfather Mountain. It's a mountain that's about a mile high in elevation, and from a distance, it looks like the face of a grandfather lying down. It's pretty amazing. Well, each year, they would have this uh, Scottish Highland Games that took place at Grandfather Mountain. And one Friday evening, I went with some friends to a Scottish-themed music night uh, that they had at Grandfather Mountain. And as people in their kilts walked around and music and bagpipes filled the air, it was an amazing time. There were hundreds of people that gathered to sit in, on this lawn and watch different musical acts hit the stage. My friends had a great tradition. They would put some money together and go out to a local all, all the local dollar stores in the area and buy as many glow sticks as they possible could, possibly could. Not just um, not just you know thick glow sticks, but the kind that would could turn into bracelets or necklaces or kinds you could wave around in the air. And when nightfall came, they would hand out these glow sticks to all the kids in the area for free. It was just a way to show love and a way to uh, engage kids and um, help them to have something that was fun for them to do. Families were astonished when they came to get a glow stick to realize that they were free. I remember my friends giving me a huge handful of these glow sticks to hand out, and it was so awesome and cool to, 
to um, hand these out to kids who would line up to get them. Now imagine if I would have just kept them all to myself and sat down with all these glow sticks. I was given a lot of glow sticks for free that evening, and instead of keeping them, I handed out what I was already freely given in the first place. You know, God has given us all so much. God has given us so many glow sticks, so to speak. Are we keeping them to ourselves, or are we handing them out to the world? Think about some of the things that God has freely given to you and me. Think about how God has given you and me unconditional love. Despite all of our failings, our missteps, our sin, God still loves us unconditionally. There isn't anything we can do to make God love us any more or any less. We don't have to earn it and work for it. Thanks be to God. It's a love that's already there for us. And as Romans reminds us, it's a love that we cannot be separated from. Thank God for that. Since God has given us an unconditional love, love, are we holding on to that unconditional love for ourselves or are we giving it out? If we're going to embrace God's unconditional love for ourselves, then we ought to also love others with an unconditional love as well. That doesn't mean that we agree with them always. That doesn't mean that we agree with the decisions that they're making, but it does mean that we still aim to love. So if we're going to receive unconditional love, let's also give it out. Also, remember this morning that God has given you and I forgiveness. We are a forgiven people. First John reminds us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Being forgiven by God for our sins is one of the most freeing feelings we can potentially have as people. We are forgiven and that is good news. However, let's consider the unforgiving servant again. He receives a huge amount of forgiveness and then right after he refuses to give that forgiveness out. What about you and I? Do you accept the forgiveness that God offers to you? Do you boast that you have been forgiven? Now, do you hoard that forgiveness for yourself or do you strive to give it out? Colossians reminds us, bearing with one another and if anyone has any complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive. Did you catch that? As we have been forgiven, we must also forgive one another. So may we take the appropriate steps to give out what God has given to us, whether it's unconditional love, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's patience, etc. Let's be people who accept all that God has for us, and let us be people who also give it out freely. And when we do so, we look a lot more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.